crush upon us all for that one special girl to take me on the ride to a whole new world under the sea of bare necessities you've got a friend to me cause i'm fun and fancy free with you on my arm people won't know what to do say i wanna be like you bibbidi bobbidi boo like woody and jesse and toy story 2 girl i have your name written on the bottom of my shoe Hello and welcome to Married with Mouse Ears. We're back. We're here. I am one of your hosts, Michael Agnew. I'm your other host, Zara Agnew. And this is episode 22, Zara. I don't know about you. I'm feeling 22. Everything will be all right if you keep me next to you. Zara, you are uh, filled with uh, filled with songs. Yep, filled, I do what I can. Filled with love for Taylor Swift. So much love. And we are filled with the ultimate love for Disney World right now. We are. Because we are in the midst of planning our Disney World spring break vacation. We're in the thick of it. Yes, we are. So we thought that we would kind of just uh, talk about and podcast about what we are going through with planning our trip. Like what questions are we trying to answer? Like what is like our strategy and our goal for planning this trip. Exactly. So, yeah, so this is really, um, I guess, our first like real Disney World trip where we are booking everything ourselves. So while we are True. going with your family, like we are making the decision of like whether we fly or mm-hmm. where we drive or where what, we stay or what hotel we're staying yeah. at or even like how long we are actually going to be at Disney World, like how long this trip will be. True. We booked um, Disneyland by ourselves, so we kind of had an experience with that, but obviously the choices are a lot greater for Disney World, like hotel-wise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely different, and it's, yeah, our first time planning everything ourselves for Walt Disney World. Well, yeah, because the real thing, so at Disneyland, really you can do – um, one park a day, you go for two or three days, and you get to really experience almost everything that Disneyland has to offer. But at Disney World, there is just so much, and it's just so daunting because the parks are massive, and there's so many different attractions or just random things to see. And so our first question was, how many days do we want to stay at Disney World? Obviously, it's a little limited by you know how much we want to pay for hotels, how many days we can get off work, all that kind of stuff. But we found out some interesting info about adding on tri- um, days to your trip, like how much that would be. And surprisingly, once you're already like sp- dropping some cash, yeah. it's not very expensive to just add on a day or even two days. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So basically, um, there are a lot of people who really just have like a weekend or, or have three days or two days to do Disney World. So like our friends Barb and Isaac. Mm-hmm. They um, only had like two days. Yeah, they, they only had like two days. And so they really just weren't able to experience everything. Whereas like your family will sometimes go for like nine or ten days, like over a week. And they are there for so many days where really they go to the parks for like maybe like two hours one day. And then the rest of the of the time they're like shopping at Disney Springs or, or doing different things. Um, so really for how long you stay, it matters a ton. Not all, not just for like what you do, but also for pricing. Yeah. So through booking all of this stuff, um, there are two types of tickets. One is just the, the base ticket where you get a ticket, you choose which park you go to and you go to, to that one park for that day. Or you can get a park hopper ticket. And park hopper tickets are normally what we get, right, Zara? True. Yes, we prefer park hopper because of the way Magic Hours work. Of just the fact that we usually like to end our night at Magic Kingdom. It's usually open later. Um, not really for this upcoming trip, unfortunately. Yeah, the, unfortunately. the Magic Hours aren't very good, or the park hours for whatever reason, which we're kind of surprised about. But we like to, yeah, have the option if we're getting bored at one park um, to, if we feel like we missed out on some fast passes at one place, just we like to have the option to go to different places to kind of tailor our experience to how we want to do it. We don't, sometimes we don't want to spend like the entire day at Animal Kingdom, um, which it's becoming more of an all day park, especially with Pandora and stuff. Like we'll want to spend more time there actually than we normally do. But in the past, that's been like a half-day park or a few-hours-day park. Or know. even like Hollywood Studios now. So obviously, yes. I love Hollywood Studios. But right now, um, it's not so good. But right now, there's just like a ton of renovations going on. 
So it's hard to spend the, the whole day there. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely looking at prices. Um, so a one-day base ticket for Disney World is $132, all right? Um, so for $50 more, you can get the, po- the park hopper ticket, which allows you to hop around and go to any park that you want to. There are times when, if we're there for like, for like a long time, we just kind of see it as a challenge and want to go to every single park all in one day. So we will try to go to like four parks in one day. Might not be the best use of your time, but with that, you can do that different stuff like with a park hopper. So you can, let's say you have a lunch reservation at Magic Kingdom. So you go there early in the morning, go, go to Magic Kingdom, have your lunch at like Cinderella's Castle. And then at nighttime, you have 50 you prime time. Like dinner. Or yeah. You want to see Rivers of Light or you want to see Phantasmic or whatever. And so you have either a different reservation or do you want to go and see a different nighttime show so you can get on one of the bus shuttles or take a monorail or take a boat or something and go to another park. So basically for a one day park hopper is $185 for one person, which is a ton of money for for one day. So the base ticket is 132, but a six day base ticket is $415. So for less than $300, you get five more days, which is crazy. So basically that is how Disney works their ticket pricing scheme. So like the more days that you are at Disney, the cheaper it gets. The the cheaper each day actually to add is. On. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So for a 2-day just base ticket is $212. So you're basically paying $70 for that day. The three-day is 307 so you're basically paying another $300, like whatever. Um, what we did, whenever we initially booked it, we did a four-day park hopper, um, which is basically $450 a person, which is like a ton of money. Did it matter that it was combined with the hotel package? Um, okay, you're probably right. We did book this hotel package. I'm sure that we saved like a few bucks, but probably not that much. Um, but what was wild was we wanted to um, book a five-day park hopper instead of a four-day because we were driving. And, and so I called up um, the Disney people and I'm like, hey, can we get a five-day park hopper? And they said, actually, the six-day park hopper costs the same as the five-day. So we went from a four-day park hopper to a six-day park hopper and it only costs $20 a person. So basically, um, the four day is we were paying like $452, and the six day we are now paying $473, which is crazy. So we got two more days of Disney parks for $20 a person, which is insane. $10 a day. So obviously, if you have a lot of time that you can spend at Disney, then I think that it's worth getting those extra days because then you don't feel like you have to cram everything in while while you are there like you can go slower you can take your time you can like go to disney springs you can go explore the different resorts you can kind of just take your time soaking in the disney magic rather than having to just like go 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 which we prefer for sure like when we're going all the way over there and taking the time to go over there i mean i for sure would rather have a longer experience just which may be why we don't go very often like we only go once a year yeah um just depending just just on how we want to take vacations and how we we kind of know we're going to do disney in the spring so we plan in the fall to do something else like last year we did cancun um this year who knows what we want to we want to do but exactly but we're not the type to fly up there for like just a weekend no well yes maybe if you lived closer and the flights were cheaper. Well, yeah. So if yeah, so if we had like an annual pass, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that, that would be a game changer. So there is definitely like an annual pass, which is like a season pass um, for residents of people who live in Florida. Well, you don't have to be a resident. My mom has an annual pass. She's an annual pass holder. Oh yeah. All my like all my family is. How'd they get that? They just apply for it. Oh, interesting. You can buy an annual pass. There, okay. a, there's a difference between an annual pass and a resident. Okay. Pass. Okay. So at Disneyland, they also have like this annual pass. And I have a couple friends who live like in the LA area and they basically say, yeah, it's like, it's like paying your like California taxes. You have to get an annual Disneyland pass just because they live there. Sure. And, if I did, I and so they're like, why not just pay this like two, 300 bucks? Maybe it's like a little bit more, but 
But, but yeah. Since I would do that. In a heartbeat, would I do that? Yes. That would be fantastic. So we are, so we actually have the six day park hopper. We are only going to be there for five days. Um, so we just kind of like wasted this extra park hopper day um, or this extra ticket, but it costs the same as the five day ticket. So we, d- we just got the it. The only sad thing is, is that six day, unfortunately, doesn't roll over. I wish yeah. it did. Well, yeah. So basically, they said you have 14 days from the time that you used the first ticket to use your last one. I, I wish that it did roll over. Yeah, because I, I remember my parents, they went to Disney World for their honeymoon. This was like, yeah, they talked about it in the podcast. Yeah. Like and, back in the day. And then on their like 10 year and on their 10 year anniversary. They used some of the same days from that ticket. Yeah, which is wild. So just like how 10 years later you could use this ticket. Or like, yeah, I, I even have like read articles about people who bought tickets back, yeah, like 25 years ago at probably a price of $40 a day. Now it's a hundred plus dollars a day and they can just use these old tickets and, and Disney will still go with it, which is pretty stinking crazy. If only we had known. Yeah. So then there is the question of, should you use a Disney travel agent or should you book it yourself? Hmm. We're still pretty new at booking everything on our own. So for Disneyland, we used a travel agent. What were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, so Sharla from um, MEI Travels, which is like mouse fan travel. I don't know. I, 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 I just Googled mouse. I feel like most podcasts are sponsored by like a travel agent. Most so Disney podcasts are. I don't know how you are. found this person. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it could have been from a different podcast that, that I was listening to. So basically, MEI Travel, um, there was this lady named Charlotte. Yeah, she, like Mouse Series International, is that what it stands for? Um, Probably. I don't know. Or there's also like Mouse Savers. There's, yeah, there's like, there's a, ton like a ton of different ton. ones. Yeah. Because like, basically, like they are kind of like employed by Disney. Like they, mm-hmm. like Disney, that's how they get paid. Right? Yeah. And so it doesn't cost you any extra right, right, right. to use them. They just work with Disney and then Disney gives them a cut of it. So they are great because it helps with... Booking dining reservations, um, putting in special requests for things, um, booking like, so if you book your airplane travel with them, that they can get the shuttle and they can work with the hotel about when you're coming in and all of that different stuff. Um, so for our Disneyland one, which we had never been to Disneyland. Um, or even California together. Yeah. It's like our first. Yeah. So that definitely helped a lot for us. And it was just easy. Um, did we like save money doing it with her? Probably not. But I don't think that we paid extra money. And And she just coordinated all the details. Yeah, exactly. And so for our Disneyland one, there was this one restaurant that was really hard for us to get into. And I couldn't book it myself. Like, I tried calling them. They said sorry. And Charlotte was able to, like, two days later get us a reservation for it, which made that trip because that was a great restaurant. That was good. So for this Disney World one... I contacted Charlotte again, and I just asked her for, for like, some different pricing for different hotels. Um, But since, and that was whenever I thought we were flying, but then whenever we were driving and our timeline changed, I was like, psych, I'll just do it myself. So you did. Because the Disney website is very, very user-friendly. It's very easy. Um, They basically had this, they had this um, sun and fun and travel package where you could, like, book your hotel with your tickets and you got a small discount. Um, so it was very easy. And even like this morning, um, I wanted to, so I, so we are staying at the Caribbean beach resort and I read on, I read online that there were these two places that you should request to stay in because they're like much nicer. So I called Disney, they hooked me up and they put in the special request for us to stay there. And then I asked them to add on the extra ticket day. So it all worked out and it was pretty great. So either way, you know, if you're feeling kind of tentative, I'd say go with one of the many, many, many travel agents. Yes. But if you're feeling like you're kind of a pro... The Disney website makes it pretty easy for you to do it all yourself. Yeah, especially for dining reservations. Those can really be tricky. And so... So even like my aunt's planning where we want to eat at now, and she's already said a lot of places are already full. So if we were like depressed about a certain place, it might be worth it to try to go through an agent to see if they have the special hookup. But, you know, we've been to all these restaurants multiple times before so we're not like like, okay we'll just try somewhere else it's fine like no big deal yeah or also so on the website so it's wild 
So we love staying um, on uh, on property, which we will get to in just a second. Um, but because we love it, there were there were like certain hotels that we wanted to stay at. And online, even though there are what 12, 15 Disney like resort hotels, mm-hmm. like I mean, like there there are a ton. And, and we're still like two months out from our trip yeah. too. And so you would think, oh, hey, there is plenty of space. But there were a lot of hotels that were, like, booked up. That The first one you tried looking at was already full. Yeah. Ex- Pop Century, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also Art of Animation. Like, there were a few different ones that were booked up. Um, and so I reached out to Sharla to see if she had any special connections. There was one that she had, but I didn't love that one enough to then, like, just go through all of those hoops and stuff. So, um, so if there is like a hotel that, that you are set on and it's full, then definitely also contact a travel agent for that as See well. See what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. So staying on property versus off property. Growing up, my family always stayed off property. There was this Holiday Inn, Main Gate East. I'm sure it was really cheap. Um, and obviously if you're bringing five people and you're going for like just for two people, our trip was expensive. I can't imagine my parents doing all five. So, but Zara has always grown up being on property. Yeah. So I don't know if that's because my grand. I'm sure it's because my grandparents were paying. Um, yeah. So this, you know, once we have our own family and more vacation and by ourselves, things might change. But in my experience, I've always stayed on property. And I've loved it because you have extra property perks. Number one, you know. Disney hotels are just really nice. Um, They're beautiful. They're well-themed. They're clean. They have great customer service. Like, all the things you would expect to go with a Disney hotel come with that. Um, Another perk is, obviously, you're close. You're already on property, so you're close to all the parks. Um, You know, summer, the Disney um, Florida property is huge. So, you know, depending on where you're staying, you're closer to some parks than you are to some other parks um it may be you know like a five minute drive from disney's animal kingdom lodge to animal kingdom um yeah uh, where whereas the caribbean beach one is like next to epcot so so it's kind of different where where on property you're staying you could have a different drive time which that's you know that's fine that's not a big deal you're still on property so another major perk is you have transportation included. Um, so if you're flying, this is great. Uh, you don't have to worry about renting a car or taking an Uber or a cab every single day. Um, you're just already on property. The buses, there's buses, there's monorails, there's boats. Um, they even have now those minivans if you want to use that as a travel option. There's lots of different options for travel Yeah, on property, which is great. And, oh, the Magical Express, too. We'll pick you up from the airport. And take you back to the airport um, when you're done. Um, so now, that- there are some shuttles for, like, off-property stuff. So, like, my my brother Jacob and his wife Chelsea, um, they stayed at an off-property place that had a Disney shuttle. True. But it's, like, that hotel's shuttle. Right. That takes you different places. So, it's not quite the same. I don't think it, you know... That's not like if you want to park hop, they're taking you yeah. around here and there and yonder. Um, but that's and, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so, but one of the, the cool things that the shuttles have started doing now, um, one of the annoying things was you, you just never knew whenever the next bus for Hollywood Studios would true. be coming. So like you, so like there were times whenever me and you would wake up at like 8 a.m. with Hunter and we would be ready to go to... Hollywood Studios, and we would would be sitting there, but the bus for all of the the other parks would come, and Hollywood Studios wouldn't, and we just never knew whenever it it was coming. But now there are these sweet screens that say when the next um, bus for the parks are are coming. They're pretty good, so you know when to start a new game on your phone. Yeah, exactly. So, am I going to be here for a while? Do I need to like do I have time to run back to the room and get my sunglasses that I forgot? Maybe you do. Yeah. So it's pretty smart. Um, some other perks, we mentioned magic hours. This is a really big one for us. This is a huge one. So this can be a game changer on how your park experience goes. So Disney allows resort guests who are staying on property access to these extra magic hours. And this could be either in the morning or at nighttime. So depending on if you're an early bird or a night bird, you have options. So every day... There is some sort of 
right? Every day? Yes, every single day. Yeah, every single day. There's some sort of extra option. So I feel like Michael's pulling it up right now. But I know on our trip, you know, there's Animal Kingdom opening from 8 to 9 for park guests or... In the nighttime, sometimes it'll be like 9 to 10. This park is open an extra hour. So you have to, they scan your, ma- I remember our last trip, they scan your magic band to see what resort you're staying at before they let you in the park. And then you're allowed to enter. So the the park really does have less people in it during those times. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth it um, to take that advantage. Now, some people have um, different strategies like if they're not a resort guest like oh i'm not visiting that park that had extra magic hours on that certain day because they know there may be more people in that park that day yes because disney is trying to push people to that park for that day yes that's why they do the extra magic hour um but like us like we do this park hopper so um true so we can take advantage of the magic hour in the morning exactly end up at a different park later in the evening so we are totally cool doing um, Magic Kingdom. So if Magic Kingdom normally opens at nine, but it opens at eight, so we get there at like seven thirty. So we get there for that Magic Hour. Then we basically are from there until lunchtime, and then we go eat lunch somewhere else. But we've ridden nine Magic Kingdom rides just in that time because we were there extra early. Well, not everyone in my family wants to oh, no. <laughs> take advantage no. of those early park hours. That's for sure. But this can be a really good way to maximize your trip. Like for us, we're only there once a year. We want to get literally as much Disney magic as we can while we're there. Like, who needs sleep? Like, let's just sure. Let's just. Go to the park all the time. Go for it. So that's another really good perk. I'm trying to think if there's any other staying on property perks. Um, Well, like the pools are are great for sure. So I actually, yeah. So there are three really different type of categories for um, on property hotels. Yes. All right. So there are like the value hotels, Mm -hmm. um, which is where we tried staying in. So like, so like. The Pop Century Resort, we tried staying in. All-Star Sports, All-Star Movies, All-Star, on any of the All-Star Resorts. Yeah. What else? And then there's also the Art of Animation yeah. is also a value hotel. And so those are between 140 bucks a night to 190 bucks a night. Um, now for, for like our spring break trip. So, so obviously this Disney knows a ton of people go during spring break and this was what was hard was the, um, was the all-star like music resort was almost 200 bucks a night whenever normally it's, worth it. it's 137 mm-hmm. bucks a night. So that was just hard for me to know, Hey, I'm paying 60 more dollars for a hotel. That's like the bottom barrel one. I've never stayed at these resorts. Michael has when he was in high school. I stayed like there a lot one of, time for like our high school band A trip. lot of groups use these. Like if you're going like together, yeah, with like your band or your drill team or like whatever. A lot of people use these resorts um, as that. Or if you're like a young family yeah. and you need to save money for sure. Like oh, trust I'm me. sure we'll be staying in these eventually one day. Whenever there are young married with mouse ears children uh, running around these parts, I don't see us staying in. Uh, sure. Gotta save money where you, know, you can. The deluxe and it's still, on I'm sure it's places. still a good resort, yeah. like a good, ho- nice hotel. It's just, you know, you might not have the same detail of decoration, or your door might open to the outside versus, you know, like a lined, like a hallway inside. Yeah. Like just yeah. a few minor differences, like just how, you know, upscale your resort is. Yeah. And so then there are like the moderate resorts, which, Caribbean beaches, mm-hmm. and these are between like 200 to I guess 300, so like uh, around there, which is pretty pricey for like a normal hotel. So if we're going to New Orleans somewhere, we we can find like a really nice hotel for less than that. True. Um, but it's obviously Disney, it's on property. You have the perks, you have yeah. the extra things. And so that one is like... Uh, that one is like Caribbean Beach, which we are staying in. There is Port... It's our first time staying there. Yeah. There is Port Orleans. Have you ever stayed there? I have. I've stayed at Riverside and French Quarter. That used to okay. be the place my family stayed at before my grandparents were part of DVC and we started staying like at DVC, like okay. specific properties. Yeah. Um, which we really liked 
Port Orleans. It's it's very nice. Yeah, they have a great food court, um, great decorations. We we've always enjoyed staying there. It's good. And then there is um, Coronado Springs, which I think my mom said we stayed at like one night, but I don't remember okay. staying there. I sure. definitely never stayed there. There's a lot. There's a lot of moderate options. Yeah, like a really good amount of moderate options. And then gets to the deluxe ones. The These deluxe are crazy. ones are like the prime resorts that. We love exploring and looking in just because just the architecture cool is stuff. crazy. There's cool so much cool stuff. Restaurants, like those are the restaurants you want to try out. Cool gift shops, just everything. Like these yeah. are like the ultimate. Which represents itself in the pricing. Yes, it All does. Right? So basically, um, the Wilderness Lodge, which is where we stayed in our honeymoon. Because my grandparents had DVC points there. Yes. And that was, was magical. Amazing. So I just put in a random date in October, which was like a which was like a non-busy time. Um, and that one starts off, this is the cheapest deluxe hotel at 400 bucks a night. Mm, fun. Which is crazy. All right. Um, but the Wilderness Lodge is awesome. All of these just have great pools. Um, this one has like this great restaurant and we got breakfast there. And it's just beautiful. It's really, really cool. Um, there's also the Contemporary, which has the monorail that, in, goes through it. that goes through it. So that one is just really easy. Um, yeah, just having, obviously having the monorail s- system there. Some really nice restaurants here too. Some like upscale restaurants as well as like a character um, um, yeah. restaurant that you can eat at uh-huh. in the hotel, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I have never stayed there. I don't even really, like, I've, like, been in, like, the lobby and stuff, but I don't remember exploring it that much. We have. I feel like we have the past few trips. Huh. Maybe we have. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever eaten here, though. I don't know. But never then there is the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Which we had never done before until the past few years. My yeah. grandparents have started booking some hotels there. So this is a beautiful resort. We love it. You have all the animals. Um, it just smells really good in that resort. I don't know why. It is great. But yeah, literally there are like giraffes and antelopes and just lots of African safari type animals outside of the resort. We've had and, really good experiences yeah. here the past few times we've stayed here. And so it's really cool because they... Um, be, because Disney will hire people who are from these different countries and they are outside and they'll talk to you about what their country is like and kind of talk about the animals and just different stuff like that, which is super rad. Very cool. And there are three restaurants, at least two, just like, yeah, just really, really three. good stuff. Yeah. Um, three so, like sit down restaurants. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. Then there is the Polynesian Resort. Which we love eating at the restaurant Ohana and the um, Captain Cook's like counter service mm-hmm. restaurant. We like to eat there. This is a beautiful resort to just explore. They redid redid some refurbishment there recently. Yeah. like they changed the lobby up, and I think they changed the pool area. Um, it's fun to just explore this resort because it's so beautiful. Yeah, um, we have never like stayed there though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like have you have no. ever stayed there? Makes no. sense because that pricing is five hundred and forty bucks. A- a night. Oh my goodness. Insane. But they also have Dole Whips there. That is one of, that is like the only like off property place that you can get Dole Whips An at. official Dole Whip, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but still, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the most expensive one is the Grand Floridian at 600 bucks a night. Crazy, crazy. Um, I have never stayed there. I have obviously walked around inside of there, but they will have like different like jazz like quartets and stuff playing it's just beautiful it's like all white it's yeah it's awesome it's it's like top tier beautiful place to stay like that they have the um wedding pavilion near the building i actually there was whenever i was in college some of my parents friends got married Mm. and so my whole family took a disney trip well not married they just renewed their vows there Mm. and and it happened at the grand floridian but they took a boat out um onto like i guess this lake pond area and they were able to renew their vows which was pretty cool they renewed their vows in the pond in the bay lake i think so they like yeah we were like on we were like on a boat that's crazy yeah it was like a pretty big boat that's wild i don't i it was very interesting hmm okay yeah, so then, so that is on property versus off property. Um, driving versus flying, we have um, kind of talked, uh, we kind of talked about this last time. So, I mean, if you live 
close enough to drive and you want to save money, like, why yeah. not? Like, yeah. I'd say Texas and further to the east. Like, I, I mean, if you live to the west of Texas, it might not be worth it yeah. to drive. Yeah. If you, if you live in California and you're listening to this podcast... Don't drive to Florida. That's don't just drive. crazy. Just go... T- yeah, just go to Disneyland. Well, and, once in your life, you should you should go to Disney World. Definitely. But it just depends, yeah, do you want, like, is it worth it? Are you finding cheap flights? Are you going at a peak time where the flights are going to be more expensive? Um, yeah, because... All these factors. Flights for us from... Now, we are also going during spring break, so I know that that's crazy. Um, if you have the ability to not go during spring break... Um, then don't go. Then, yeah, but... Obviously, spring break is whenever a lot of families have like a week off, so this is a great time to go. Um, but whenever you go during spring break, just know it's going to be the crowds are going to be much bigger. You got to maximize your fast passes yes. so you don't have to wait in line. Yes. Um, so for us, flights were like five fifty a, a person. And just didn't seem I, worth it. Just didn't seem seem worth it. So it is a sixteen hour drive from Dallas to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a twelve hour drive from Dallas to Tallahassee. And my hope is to drive to the Tallahassee area and then... Stay the night. Yeah, stay the night there. Then just drive the three and a half, four hours from Tallahassee to Disney World. That is our hope. And then party it up. So that's going to be great. Yeah, so talking about um, fast passes. Yeah, okay, yeah. So one of the other big great things about the on-property is you can book your fast passes in advance. 60 days in advance rather than 30 days in advance um, if you are staying off property. Um, so Disney and probably, I don't know, five, six years ago, five years ago, um, changed up how they do their fast passes. Yeah, like right around when we got married. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it used to be these paper fast passes. And a fast pass is basically... Um, this ticket that says, hey, instead of waiting in this huge long line for... Like the standby line. Yes, for the standby, for the standby line, um, they would give you this piece of paper and, and said your fast pass time is from 3.30 until 4.30 in the afternoon. So, so at 3.30, you can come back to... Maybe it's like two hours later. I don't know, mm-hmm. depending on when you get... It's like depends on what's available, like how many people are also wanting to get a fast pass. You know, maybe... For like a super popular attraction, like I remember when Soren opened, you would Yo. have you would have to get there right when the park opened, run over to Soren. We said that's our like our number one priority. Get your fast pass. Your return time might not be till like seven or eight p.m. that night. Correct. Like if if other people are all getting a fast pass for the same thing, um, it can really affect your return time. That's how Radiator Springs Racers was yes. for us at yes. Disney World. Like uh-huh. that was our first thing that we did. So basically whatever like the hottest, most popular attraction is, like those are obviously going to get taken up first. And you might, that's why people like are really concerned about getting fast passes for like Pandora or um, the Frozen Ride or whatever's like the newest, hottest thing. But anyway, so whatever your return time is, say it's 3.30, you come back to the ride at that time and there's a separate line just for fast pass. You have to show the park attendant your magic band now it's magic band it used to be the paper ticket you'd show them the ticket and they would say okay come on come on through and you would get in a noticeably shorter line noticeably shorter um i loved the paper fast pass strategy my family thrived on that like we would like we just knew the perfect times to get what rides and we could seriously get seven or eight fast passes in a day it was different because you're not planning out in advance what specific rides you're getting like yeah it's all kind of up to chance you basically get there like that day and so it was great because there were a lot of people who just, that was their first time at Disney World. They didn't they know, didn't know about, about Fast Passes. This is all free, by the way. Yes. Included. All free. In your park admission. Where, whereas Universal, you have to pay like 70 bucks a day and then you Disney's get Fast nice Passes. Disney's nice and it's all included, but still, some people don't know how to use it. They don't know it's available. Yeah. They choose, for whatever reason, to wait in the crazy lines. So then, about four and a half years ago, four years ago, Disney spent billions of dollars creating uh, these things called magic bands and magic bands it is like which this are really cool very very cool it is like this colorful plastic or colorful rubber um we don't know what it's made of whatever 
it is, but it looks kind of like a watch or it looks like a bracelet. Um, and there is this circle with some Mickey ears and this circle um, is like a GPS thing. We and don't it, know what it is. It, it's some crazy wearable technology. It is a crazy wearable technology that it, you can link it to your credit card. You, your you can room, link it. It's, a, it's basically your room key. It's your credit card. It's your park entrance. It's your fast pass. It's everything. So basically you can leave for Disney World. Don't bring a wallet at all. And you can get into your hotel room with it. You then get to the park. You then put it up to this. The only thing, it, thing they haven't for... done is like link your cell phone to it. Yeah. <laughs> like the day they do that, and it's basically like an like an iWatch. It, that would be insane. It would be insane. So yeah. So you go to a restaurant, and and they you give you magic your band. bill, and there's like this little uh, box thing where they just put it up to your magic band, and it charges your credit card for it's it. It's really convenient, like especially at all like quick service stations like say you just want some popcorn or you want a little snack or whatever you just walk up and tap your magic band and type in i think your room number or something like that like yeah. or like a, or maybe it's like a well, pin yeah, you set up yeah there's like a four digit pin four digit pin that you set up and then boom you don't have to worry like again like if you're worried about losing your wallet like this has happened i think happened to my mom she lost her wallet one time really um, very stressful yeah huh. so this you know, saves you the hassle of having to even bring a card into the parks. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, so this plays into fast passes. So now fast passes are really made on um, this magic band. Which is linked to an app, the My Disney Experience app. Yes. The My Disney Experiences app is key, everybody. Key. So it is this app and it'll show you everything um, from wait times and park hours, and it has a GPS map on on this app that'll show you where the different rides are. But in restaurants, and restaurants, book, you can book all your things you need to book on this app, like your hotel, your restaurant reservations. It's very easy to use. But but the biggest thing is the fast passes that you book on here. So now instead of the pieces of paper where pros like the Agnews would always go and hustle people, maybe you would lose a piece of paper too. Yes, that now. Would not be good. The fast passes are all on this app, and sadly, you only book can only book three at a time. So you can book one e-ticket um, attraction and then two just normal attractions. E-tickets are like Pandora, Flight of Passage, uh, Mount Everest, really um, good, Rock and Roller ones. Coaster, Soarin'. So like the really big, big, big rides, you you can only book one, and then you can book two other ones. Then once once you use one. It rolls over and you can pick a new one, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's really like the strategy. But but really, you can only really have like four fast passes for that day. Um, whereas back in the paper fast pass days, you could have more. But this makes it more accessible for everybody to all be on equal playing field and everyone can experience the fast passes and not just go to Disney and wait for five hours in line and different stuff like that. So this is why staying on property is great because you have 60 days to book your fast passes in advance, um, which didn't really help us this time because Flight of Passage, which is the new Avatar ride, we booked it basically almost 60 days in, in, in advance and I cannot get a fast pass time for any day that we are at Disney World for this ride. So we may have to end up waiting. So we will have to get there like an hour before the park opens and then sprint to Flight of Passage and then wait for probably 40 minutes because that's just how Disney is and I'm kind of sad. But um, yeah, so if you are planning a Disney trip, definitely download the My Disney Experience app. It is a game changer. It is awesome. I also like to look at menus on there. You do? Yeah. I love doing that. Well, yeah, so whenever you are like waiting in line or whatever to for your restaurant, you can see what they have to offer. Yep. Um, I would also say, yeah, so these are just like some like some like some smaller pro tips. Um, whenever you are going to Disney, make a list of things that you definitely want to do because it is so large and it can be so overwhelming that especially if you are only there for a few days, definitely prioritize things that you want to do to make sure that you are able to accomplish those things. Yes. Um, there have been like a lot of people that I have talked to and they'll go for like two days, like two or like three days. And I'm like, oh, cool. Did you do this? And, and they're like, no, we didn't get to because you just kind of get distracted or get caught up in like other things. So make sure that make sure that you make a list. Um, if you are going with a grandparent, someone who um, 
is in a wheelchair. Um, oh my gosh. Like Mima, um, Mima, you know, obviously she 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 doesn't want to be walking around Disney all day every every day for like eight hours. So um, we push her in this wheelchair, which is great exercise, but it's awesome because there, there are some rides which will do a different fast pass for people who are in wheelchairs and things. So we call it the Meemaw Fast Pass. And uh, I mean, you've used it with your mom before too. Right? Yes, yes. Definitely. Yeah, you're, you're, when your parents went too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So my parents now, like every time, like my mom, you know, she's still young and uh, I feel like they've cracked you down on this like a little bit. They, they have more so, but like, for instance, at it's a small world when we were there, maybe last year, um, we walked up and they kind of gave us sort of like a fast pass. They gave us a return time. Yeah. So they gave us a piece of paper. They said, okay, you can come back in an hour. So we went around, did, you know, another ride, did something else, and then we came back and were able to use the wheelchair entrance, which they it gets you on almost immediately, depending on if there's a wheelchair party waiting in front of you. Um, so that was kind of new, but like the, the one in the Mexico Pavilion, um, you basically just roll on up there to get, get on the ride. It's crazy. It is awesome. Um, yeah, so I w- w- would definitely recommend that. Um, there is this thing called the Memory Maker. So at a lot of places in Disney World, there are the Disney employees who will take your picture at different places. All right. Um, and so instead of just buying individual pictures, you can do, which this is also all on your Magic Band that, that you can Smile. access in the My Disney Experience app. Um, but there is something called the Disney Memory Maker, and it is basically just this pass for your whole trip um, where you can download and print as many pictures as you want, whether that's from rides or whether that is like in front of the castle with your family. Um, this Memory Maker does cost $170, all right? So it is expensive, um, but a pro tip that you can do is just one person in your group needs to purchase this and they can share the pictures with anyone that about with have, anyone that they want to. What if you have an annual pass? Is it included? Um, it might be cheaper or it might be included. I don't fully know that. Um, but yeah, so what we do is like Zara's cousin Hunter has this memory photo pass maker, or at least last time he did. So we would all go onto a ride and do funny like actions and things or make funny faces. And then Hunter would send us those pictures because we didn't have the pass, but he did. I think it's because he had the annual pass. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you are going with like a whole group, don't have everybody buy one because that's just a suck. They'll just sucker you in for more money. Also, you can bring in snacks into Disney World. Um, so don't get all bogged down. Like, like I, I, I love the Disney ice cream Mickey Mouse heads. I love popcorn. I sure. love Dole Whips. But if you just need um, like a granola bar or some nuts, or if you like really want to save money and don't care about the food as much, like bring in like a sandwich or, you know, plan ahead and shop at the grocery store when you get there if you have a car. Yeah. Um, my grandparents drive and they bring down tons and tons of different snacks. So many snacks. So they'll bring like breakfast stuff, like breakfast, frozen breakfast sandwiches, bananas, um, muffins, like oatmeal. Like they'll have like a bajillion breakfast options because they're so crazy many options. and awesome. And they'll, they'll literally bring a Keurig in a car. Yes. And then we'll have delicious coffee options with like to-go cup. Like it's legit. Like they're legit, y'all. They're the the best Disney grandparent planning parents. 100%. Insane. They take care of us so well. They really do. And so they'll also have like a huge snack table with like savory snacks and sweet snacks. So many snacks. So if you just want like a little candy bag of like Starburst and Twizzlers or a little snack bag of Chex Mix or Trail Mix or Cheez-Its or whatever, like bring little snacks. Like maybe you have to wait a few minutes on a line and you just need a little, little boost of energy like you can bring your own snacks of that nature yeah all right well that's all that we have right now i'm sure we will be doing trip planning updates Mm -hmm. or different updates on our trip but since we were kind of laying out the groundwork for our trip if you are planning a a trip whether that's for spring break or the summertime or you've never been to, to to disney and you are just interested um these are some of our ideas oh yeah now it's time for marriage moment. Marriage moment. All right. So last podcast episode, I was talking about our cable and internet dilemma. 
debacle. And that was Frontier. Um, we have been sticking with Spectrum Time Warner Cable, but we, we were reaching the end of our like package. And so um, I was ready to switch internet companies and Frontier came promising me faster internet in a cheaper rate than what we were paying. Both were lies. Lies. And they were evil. I spent probably two hours combined on two days um, talking to their customer service, trying to fix stuff. I then said, hey, forget you guys. I'm switching back to Spectrum. So I switched back. It took me three minutes to get a hold of, of someone in Spectrum customer care. They then the next day sent somebody out. They are angels. Um, they worked like angels. They are fantastic. Um, and then we have been watching this show called Superstore. Well, we wanted to for a long time. Yeah. And it was not available, like, season one. We weren't we weren't about to start, like, on season three. That's lame. We can't do that. We get to start at the beginning. Amen. So it wasn't on Hulu. It wasn't available anywhere. It's on Netflix. Like, we were having the hardest time finding where we could watch this show. And so, for some reason, a few days ago, we were, like, out of something to watch. You need something to watch. We are like, let's just try it. So on Hulu, we went on there. Season one, they had one they had was all, they had all of the seasons on Hulu. We're like, oh great, it's available now. Let's start watching it. So we watched like three episodes, and then we like had to go to bed or do whatever we were yeah. had to do. Um, the next day, right? We yes, come back the very next day. We come back ready to continue on like episode four, and what the heck? Only season three is on there now. Bas Where did they go? Basically, somehow we had found Superstore on the last day before it expired on Hulu. So basically, Hulu has to pay these different licenses, and they will bring it back for like three months, and then that license will expire. Then they will wait for another three or, so or a six months, and then they will bring it back. So we just happened to find it on the last day before it expired. So we, we watched a handful of episodes and we were really, really into it. Basically, Superstore is this show on NBC. And it's like the new good place for us, I guess. Way funnier. Like, it's the like... The new office? Like, it's as funny to me as Parks and Rec and The Office. Like, True. I laugh so, so hard. It's um, very funny. The good place I love because it's funny and it's just like an interesting concept. Um, just like, and the but actors Superstore are all good. Like Parks and Rec or The Office, like it's set in a setting that we're familiar with. Like yeah. basically a riff on Walmart and they, we all have experienced like things happening in a big box store and it's just funny to follow along with the characters who are all very like relatable and funny. Yeah. So we were very depressed and then I'm like, wait, we have Spectrum again. They have these they have these on-demand shows. Let's see if the show is on-demand. Sure enough, Superstore is on-demand. Every episode. Every single episode. And we don't have to pay anything extra. It's amazing. We just watch it through Spectrum. What have we been doing our lives? So the past two days, we have been binging this show. Well, these episodes are only 22 minutes long. So it's Season not... one was very short as well. It only had like eight episodes. We definitely already finished season one. Yeah. We're on to season two. We are now on season two. It is extremely, extremely funny. Um, so if you love Parks and Rec, if you love The Office, I highly recommend Superstore. Yes. Same here. So that is really what we have been up to. I also wrote a blog post on ranking every single movie that I saw this past year. Um, I saw 45. I said 47 last podcast uh, episode, and, and I did I my math Michael wrong. I had on something. And so I have seen 45. I have already seen eight movies in January of 2018, though. You're doing so good. So I'm starting off on a great note. Um, so if you at all are interested in where I ranked The Circle or where I ranked The Justice League on the, my 2017 movies, check out that blog post. Yes. Um, and really, that's it for Marriage Moment, Superstore, our, our cable stuff is all better. Um, now it's time for Zeros and Heroes. Zero to Hero! Zero to Hero! No time back! Zero to Hero! Just like that! Alright, Zero, so what is your hero of this week? My hero is that, like you said, we've been seeing movies. Thankfully, we got some gift cards. And we're using them all up. Yes, we are. And so we saw last night, super randomly late night movie for us. We saw The Post. We saw this at 9.55 at, at night. We don't normally do that, but I had got off work and it was the only time available. So yeah. we're like, 
Whatever. We left the theater after midnight. It was it was wild. It for was us. so wild. We raged hard. There was like no one there. AMC. It was kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. there was other people in that movie, which I was surprised about. Yeah. But anyway, the post has Meryl Streep, has Tom Hanks, two of the greatest actors in the world. It is a Steven Spielberg film. Oh, that I didn't realize. Yes. Anyway, this movie was very good. We both really enjoyed it. Um, it is something that both of us, I think, knew nothing about because we were not alive during this time when Correct. these things were happening. It is set in the 70s um, or late 60s. No, I think the 70s. 71. Yeah. Um, talking about these papers that were from the Vietnam War and how all the presidents were covering up, how bad it was going. Stuff we had no idea about. And just kind of showing the need for journalism. And basically there was this line at, at the end of the movie that said, like, the newspapers are for the governed, not for the gov- not for the government. So, or not for those who are governing. To serve those who are governed, yeah. Yeah. So why we have these amendment rights and why, you know, free speech and free um, press and all that kind of stuff. So it was like a very good, like empowering movie. Um, but the story, yeah, it's just really good about how the Washington Post uh, got these certain documents and how the courage basically to post them. And Meryl Streep's character, she's basically the owner of the Washington Post. And so it was very unheard of um, in that time for a woman to basically be, I guess she's what you would call CEO of this major paper and corporation so it was very like women empowering feeling as well Meryl Streep did a great job in her role um I loved that and throughout the movie it was just very interesting there would be times where you would get to see how a newspaper was actually printed and it was like legit we loved those scenes I guess we had never really seen it before or been around like how a newspaper was printed but the way they do the like, I don't even know what to call it, like stamps or whatever it's called, how how the newspaper actually It's just gets... like, well, yeah, the whole like printing press. Printing yeah. press, yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. I I mean, we, we liked seeing how that was made. That was enjoyable. That, so. Well, yeah, so that was very, very cool. So um, what there, did you think? There were a ton of big name actors in it, so that was great. Um... I thought it was a really, really good movie. I don't so there ha, so whenever it first came out, there was a lot of buzz that it was like best drama of the year. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but like looking at all of the other movies that have been nominated, like Three Billboards or Lady Bird or like even like Get Out, um, I think that it is pretty on par like with those movies. I mean, like it was really good. Um, just the way that they shot the, the different scenes, like there were numerous times whenever Meryl Streep's character was like sitting down and there would be this whole crowd of men just like hovering over her trying to like help her out. And it really just kind of like stressed like how much in that time men tried dominating like those different situations. Or she would like walk into a room and how the shot was like this like low shot and it just seemed she would walk into a room full of all of these old banker dudes and it just seemed overwhelming. So there was a lot of just cool shots and great acting. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. I, we enjoyed I, it. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, so what's your hero? Well, earlier, before we saw the post that day, I actually had a two-movie day. What um, a great day. I saw, two, I saw 12 Strong with the boys. Definitely didn't want to see this. It is a war movie. Um, basically... It stars Chris Hemsworth, which obviously Chris Hemsworth is a movie rock star. Um, and this is talking about how after 9-11, it is the first kind of special ops team that was able to go to Afghanistan and fight um, and fight Al-Qaeda. Um, was very cool, very intense. It didn't get great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, which was mind-blowing. Like, I left... It was just, like... It was just on par as 13 Hours and other similar war-type movies. I just think that maybe critics don't like movies like that. But if you are someone who enjoys war movies, um, I this is definitely just on par. It, it was great. I loved it. The rest of my friends loved it. Um, I wouldn't say it was, like, that over-the-top bloody or violent obviously it, it is rated r but it wasn't one of those where you had to like cover your eyes from different things it was a pretty good story i actually think that you would enjoy it sarah what yeah no i think that you would too scary no it has chris hemsworth he did great i i i definitely will recommend that one but it was rated well. r it was rated r yeah mm. yeah hmm. okay well 
All right, well, do you have any zeros for this week? Let me think about that. All right, I will tell you my zero. Oh, please, go ahead. What I am tired of is movies that do limited releases. Oh, yeah. So kind of like, like so like, kind of like The Post. The Post just, just released like two weeks ago, but it has been hyped up two months ago. Or like Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread just released last week. But it had gotten all of this talk, so like on Twitter or on different websites that I read about pop uh, about pop culture, they were already reviewing it and talking about it. So I've already I have already heard so many opinions and hot takes on Phantom Thread that now I don't even want to see it because I feel like I already like know what the movie is about or something. I do still want to see it, but it's just like my excitement level for movies like that isn't as extreme. So I'm confused on why they do limited releases. Why not just release it all to everybody? Is it so they can like take the temperature of the movie, like to kind of judge how successful it's going to be? But does does that change anything later at all? Like I don't think. Well, like yeah, like the movie doesn't change. I I think they do it in these limited releases so that fancy people in New York or LA can watch it and review it and build up buzz and build up more hype around it or like the idea that it's limited so once it fully releases then you want to see it because you haven't been able to see it yet but it does the opposite for me it makes me like not want to see it because other people have like already digested it and given all of their opinions on it Hmm. so if I just had one thing to say to all movie producers just let everybody see it or give it to dallas we are a big city we aren't like some random arkansas town like we have my people go let us see all of these movies whenever they first come out amen that's my beef amen that's my zero all right my zero is that for this disney trip our fast passes have been a little harder to get than normal and Pandora is already booked, the Flight of Passage. Yeah. So I'm just not looking forward to having to wake up early in the morning and then still wait. But it's going to be awful if we have to wake up really early and then <sighs> still wait for like an hour. Oh, God. Your parents waited like three plus hours each time that they were waiting in line. They didn't wake up early. No, they, they didn't. They were just came at a normal time of day. Yeah. Which we've just never done that before. We, the longest one, I guess, was when Frozen came out. We only had to wait, like, 40 minutes. We waited a a pretty long time. Wasn't bad at all. But I'm worried what it's going to be like. I'm hoping, I'm just hoping I like it. Like, as as much as it's been hyped up, kind of like how you're talking about with these limited releases. These things at Disney World get released, you know, so far in advance, but I only go once a year. Yeah, yeah. The Pandora has been hyped for an entire year for me since it's opened, and I'm finally getting to go. Am I going to like it as much as everyone else has liked it? My expectations are insanely high because every person that I've talked to said it's their favorite ride that they have ever ridden. That's crazy. Like, how can it be that good? I don't know. So I do understand that, though. Yeah. So I'm just worried maybe it's not going to live up to as 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 much as people have hyped it up to be. That's a great point, Sarah. That's very, I mean, very I didn't love the movie. Um, okay, well, I loved the movie. I know. So this franchise just isn't as exciting to me. Like, honestly, Pandora, I would rather have it been a Zootopia world. Whoa. Eh, okay, well, sure, yeah. I think the immersiveness of it is going to be worth it. Maybe. I think it'll be cool. Mimo loves this ride. And I'm sure that Meemaw is not the biggest Avatar movie fan. I guess so. So. Neither is your mom, right? Uh, my mom has seen it plenty of times, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sorry. It's probably my dad's one of his top three favorite movies of all time. I know. And my dad has probably seen that movie 30 plus times. We tried watching it together a few trips ago. I don't yeah. remember what it was. I don't know if it was when we were there over like the summer or in April. But we watched it and I was just kind of like, meh. That's a movie. Yeah. It's a really long movie right there. Well, you will fall in love with it, I'm sure. I really hope so. I'm sure that you will. And then we have Star Wars coming along too. Yeah. Again, yeah, we do. I'm not the biggest fan of, but... I might just book a Star Wars trip or book a trip whenever that Star Wars place like opens. Like like how we never do just for like a few days? Yeah. Oh my Maybe. gosh. It might just need to happen. Oh my gosh, mind blowing. We will see. We will see. 
All right. Well, that's all we have for this episode. That's it. Hope that you guys learned some learned some stuff, or or maybe this fueled you to book your own Disney Hurry, trip now. Book your trip. Book it. it. Book it. Do, do it. Do it. All right. Peace. Bye. Like Tarzan and Jane, girl, you'll be in my heart. I will fight Jafar with all the Robin Hood starts. Beat the crook, Captain Hook, and any evil that embarks. If baby starts to leave his mark, I'll send him to a pit so dark you can't see light. Oh, come here, my Snow White, to have a princess for a wife. Yeah, that'd be alright. Chilling up in the castle all day and night. Girl, you're in the middle of my circle of life.